We are in 1 Timothy, so if you want to turn to 1 Timothy, we'll be in the chapter 1, the first five verses or so of 1 Timothy tonight. I titled tonight, The Beginning of Christian Duties, and uh, today we're going to see Paul forward advice from God to Timothy about his service uh, that he is to do in the church at Ephesus there. Uh, we will see how this still applies to us even today and how we can use this advice to serve God and to be pleasing to God. Uh, now, we covered verses 1 and 2 sort of last week, but I want to read uh, through the first five verses tonight, and we'll just recap the first two verses quickly. So it's 1 Timothy chapter 1, starting in verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the commandment of God our Savior, and the Lord Jesus Christ, which is our hope. Unto Timothy, my own son in the faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father, and Jesus Christ our Lord, as I besought thee to abide still at Ephesus when I went into Macedonia, that thou mightest charge some that they teach no other doctrine, neither give heed to fables and endless genealogies which minister questions rather than godly edifying, which is in faith, so do. Now the end of the commandment is charity out of a pure heart and of a good conscience, and of faith unfeigned. Uh, so these first two verses are, are simply just a salutation, uh, just a greeting, basically, to kind of let you know who it is uh, that's writing, who they're writing to. And so we see Paul, and he's taking the responsibility of guiding and helping Timothy in Timothy's service here. We see that Timothy is a believer in Jesus Christ and is obeying God in serving him in, in, in the way of evangelism. And specifically during this time of this letter, Timothy is leading the believers in the church at Ephesus here. Uh, we see that Paul has authority to write this letter because he was given this authority by God and Jesus Christ. Uh, this is why these letters are included in our Bible. Uh, they're considered to be inspired by God and beneficial to us believers even still today. Uh, so moving on past the first two verses, we have verse 3. I just want to read that again. It says, As I besought thee to abide still at Ephesus when I went into Macedonia, that thou mightest charge some that they teach no other doctrine. So in this third verse, we see a service needing done. A service needing done. Uh, the service that needs done here is to stay and work. Uh, Timothy joined Paul, as they traveled to Ephesus to minister there uh, to the believers there, Paul was then called by God to go to Macedonia, and Paul knew that the church at Ephesus still needed a man of God to stay there and continue ministering to the people there. Uh, so this leaves Timothy with this job. Uh, so I have four reasons why Timothy was able to serve God in this way, why Timothy was able to uh, fill this position of service that was needing to be done. So the first is, Timothy was present. Timothy was present. Uh, there was a need, and Timothy was there. It's that simple. Timothy was in Ephesus, and while he was there, a need arose. Uh, this is one way that God uses to show people what their calling is. Uh, if we are present, if you're around and a need arises, then you can be the one to meet that need. Uh, we come, uh, we need to make sure that we are present so that when a need does come up, we will be there to meet the need. Maybe this is why, uh, people sometimes try not to be present, 
because uh, if you're not around, you won't have to do anything, right? Uh, but if we want to be pleasing to God, if we want to be obedient to God, if we want to be used by God, then we need to be like Timothy and we need to be present. So Timothy was present. That's the first reason he was able to fill this position, the service of God needing to be done. The second is that Timothy was prepared. Timothy was prepared. Uh, this does not mean that Timothy was an expert. This does not mean that Timothy was a seasoned veteran at this point. Uh, we see that Timothy was accepting this call by God to serve in Ephesus. Uh, Timothy was still considered a young preacher at this time. Uh, it is believed that Timothy is probably in his early 30s at the time of serving in Ephesus and receiving this letter from Paul. Uh, Timothy was not in the ministry for 50 plus years at this point, but he was still prepared to serve God when the time came. Uh, this is because Timothy was faithful. If you want to be prepared for what God has for you to do, then you need to be faithful before that time comes. Uh, faithfulness equals preparedness. Uh, faithful uh, Timothy was faithful, and he was faithfully serving God many different ways. Uh, he kept doing the work of the Lord, even though he was moved to different locations, and he didn't let anything stop him from continuing to serve the Lord. Uh, we need to determine to be like Timothy. We need to be faithful now, so that when the time comes for us to do a work for God, we will be prepared. Uh, so be faithful now, so you will be prepared when the time comes. Timothy was able to fill this need of service because he was present, because he was prepared, and because Timothy was prompt. Timothy was prompt. Uh, we don't see Timothy ask Paul for more time. We don't see Timothy say, maybe in a couple years I might be able to do this. We don't see Timothy say that he has uh, some other business to attend to first, and then when the time comes, he'll come back and take care of this. No, Timothy was prompt. He was prompt with his obedience to God's calling. And we need to make sure that we're prompt in our answer to God's calling. We cannot waste time. We can't make excuses. We cannot delay. Uh, what happens when we delay or what happens when we make excuses? Uh, I believe the answer is found in the parable that Jesus tells of the great banquet. Uh, turn to Luke chapter 14, verse 16. Luke chapter 14, we're going to start reading in verse 16. <clears throat> then said he unto a certain man, may, then said he unto him, a certain man made a great supper and bade many and sent his servant at supper time to say to them that were bidden, come for all things are now ready. And they with all one consent began to make excuse. The first said unto him, I have bought a piece of ground and I must needs go see it. I pray thee, have me excuse. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I go to prove them. I pray, have me excused. And another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. So the servant came and showed his Lord these things. Then the master of the house, being angry, said unto his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and the lanes of the city, and bring in hither the poor and the maimed and the halt and the blind. Uh, so what happened? What what did you catch that part that these people made all these excuses here, uh, not wanting to go, not wanting to go do this thing they were called uh, to go do. Uh, but what happened? 
the, the master there, he got angry. He was not happy with these people. He was not pleased with these people. Now, I know that uh, I don't want God angry with me, and I know you guys well enough to know that you don't want God to be angry with you. You desire to be pleasing to God. So this means that we cannot delay. We cannot make up excuses when God calls us to do something. We need to be like Timothy. We need to be prompt in our service to God. Timothy was able to fill this service because he was present. He was prepared. Timothy was prompt. And Timothy was willing. Timothy was willing. Now, I, I apologize. It's not a P. I really wanted it to be a P. I looked in the thesaurus for a very long time, and there was just no good P word for this. So uh, I went with willing. Uh, so Timothy w- could be present. He could be prepared. He could be prompt. But if he's not willing, then things will not go well. Uh, we need to be willing to do things that God wants us to do. Uh, sometimes we might do things with the wrong attitude. Maybe we'll, we're willing to accept the job, but the whole time we have the wrong attitude. Uh, sometimes we do things with the wrong attitude and we, we miss out on being blessed by God when we do that. And also the work we're doing may not be blessed by God if we don't have the right attitude. Uh, we need to not only be willing to accept the work that God has for us, but we need to be, uh, have a willing attitude when we're doing the work. Now, I worked in property maintenance for some years, uh, and uh, there was lots of jobs I liked doing there. I, I Anything electrical that came up, I liked doing electrical or plumbing, uh, drywall repair. Those were good jobs. Uh, but sometimes there was jobs that I did not like doing. And we would all go into a house, and we'd have to clean it out. And so uh, we go in there, and, and, you know, there was rooms I would avoid on doing clean-outs. I didn't like going into the bedrooms. Because for whatever reason, these people would wear a bunch of clothes and then move and leave all the dirty clothes behind on the floor. And apparently they just buy new wardrobes every time they move. And so I didn't like picking up dirty socks. So I would avoid, you know, the bedrooms. I didn't want to, I didn't want to mess with that. I'd try to stay in the living room, you know. Uh, living room, there's not too much uh, bad things there. But one room would always be left at the end. All of us, every one of us guys, we'd, we'd avoid this room and it just... Whoever wasn't busy at the end had to go do this room, and it was the bathroom. Uh, there was just one room nobody was willing to do because uh, there's something about tenants and toilets. It, it's just very disgusting. So uh, it, it was something I, I got very tired of cleaning toilets. So it, it, I was not willing to go into We didn't open the door, and I'd say, oh, I got the bathroom. Let me go do it. You know, I was not willing. I was not eager running over to the bathroom. Uh, I would try to stay as busy as I could. Uh, I'm an honest guy, so I didn't just go hide in the closet, uh, but I tried really hard being busy doing everything else I could, but I wasn't willing to go do that one job. But we need to be willing to do anything God needs done. Uh, sometimes it is cleaning the toilets here. Sometimes these toilets need cleaned, and if God wants us to do that, we need to be willing to do it. Uh, we need to be willing to do anything to serve God, anything that arises. Timothy was all of this. He was present. He was prepared. He was prompt, and he was willing to do the work that needed done. Paul leaves, and this job needed done, and Timothy is the one there to do the job. And as we look at the service needing done, we've seen that the service was to stay, and part of this work involved a specific message uh, to not teach other doctrines. In verse 3 there, uh, back in 1 Timothy, it ends with, 
charge some that they teach no other doctrine. So that is part of the work that he is supposed to do while he's staying there. Uh, we know, and, and I'm sure that everyone that had ever met Paul knew that he preached the doctrine of salvation through Jesus Christ. Uh, Paul teaches or preaches this doctrine every single chance he gets. And he made up chances to preach this. He loved preaching about Jesus so much that he took any opportunity he can uh, to preach about Jesus. And, and Paul wants to make sure that in this area that there's no other false doctrines being taught. Paul t- tells Timothy to charge some that they teach no other doctrine. Uh, charge means to command, to order, and to exhort. Uh, this is what Timothy is to do as an acting pastor of this church. Timothy's responsibility here uh, is not to suggest, not to ask or recommend or say, hey, I think it's a good idea if we don't do this. Uh, this is to command and order that there be no other doctrine taught in the church or by the church people, the people that, uh, the believers that are in that area. This is not a light suggestion, and it's because it's not a light matter. This is a serious matter. This is something that will affect eternity for many people if they get this wrong. Uh, because of this, uh, one of the needs for Timothy to fulfill in his service that needs done here is to charge that no other doctrine be taught. So we see in verse 3 here that there is a service needing done. Now let's look at verse 4. Neither give heed to fables and endless genealogies, which minister questions rather than godly edifying, which is in faith, so do. So in verse 4 here, we see a broader service needing done. The service broadens. There's more work added to the work that needs done here in this church. Uh, sometimes, I'm sure we all know that jobs turn into more than we intended them for. Uh, when uh, Harper was born, Harper's over there today. Uh, she's not over there. <laughs> so when Harper was born, uh, I got this bright idea that I'd buy an investment property. And I bought this dump that needed fixed up, you know. And I did the same thing when Marshall was born. Every time we had a kid, I bought a property, you know. So that's why we stopped having kids because I couldn't afford any more properties, And uh, so I bought this property, and it needed a lot of work. Uh, But before I got started on any work, I was trying to figure out why the water in the bathroom wasn't really draining. If I put, you know, even just an inch or two of water in the sink or the tub, it it would take like three days for this water to go down. And so I thought, okay, i got to get my my snake and, you know, take the the pee trap off and just run my little hand snake in there, and I'll get it. Uh, So I tried to do that. I spent tons of time. Uh, trying to do that. And I couldn't get the thing more than like three or four feet in there. You know, that was it. It just wasn't going any farther. And so I, I really struggled with it. And so then I went in the basement. I was looking at the pipe and it has a main four inch stack, old cast iron, uh, real gnarly looking thing with like barnacles all around it and stuff. It just didn't look very good. And it looked like it was leaking in a couple areas. And so I thought, I'm going to cut this thing out. And that's the problem. So uh, you know, in the basement there is about, you know, seven foot ceiling or so. And so I cut this thing a little bit above the ground and uh, threw this thing out, you know, on the ground. And it made this big thud, real impressive sounding. And I looked down at the drain and, you know, it should be this four inch opening, right? And there was no opening. 
It was it was packed solid. And I thought, well, what am I going to do now? I, I have no way of cleaning this thing out. And I thought, it's got to be like this all the way to the road. What am I going to do? And so I had to hire someone uh, to come in with one of those jetters where they shoot the water in there and just jet and blast it all out. Uh, so I paid all this money for this guy to come over and, and do this. And so he gets his jetter in there. And I don't think he wanted to do the job because uh, he was taking a real long time setting up. And so he starts doing it, and it starts going, and it's shooting water and everything everywhere, and it's real gross. And and so next thing I know, uh, it's in the next room over there, flopping around on the floor and shooting water every now. I'm thinking, what in the world's going on? I tell the guy, stop, stop, stop. And he comes over there, and, and we realize it came out of the floor drain in the other room. And if you know anything about plumbing, your toilet should not be going into a floor drain. Uh, so I had to cut the cement floor, jackhammer it up, dig it out of this big hole in the floor, and I had to cut the pipe in the ground, get the, the floor drain out of there, and run new. You know, Long story short, I, I redid the plumbing in the whole place, including in the ground. And uh, so that job was a lot more than uh, just a little hand snake down a bathroom sink. So what I thought it was going to be was not. It turned into a whole lot more. Now, I don't know what Timothy thought when he was taking on this position here, this service for God. Uh, but as we read through here uh, and we keep reading this letter, we'll see that there's a little bit more work added and a little bit more work added and a little bit more work added. And, and that is usually how it goes when you serve God. You start serving God and you're doing something and all of a sudden God says, hey, I got a little bit more for you to do. And then you start doing that. But are we willing to do the work, even if it turns out to be more work than we expected to begin with? Now, that clogged drain in that house was a whole lot bigger of a project than I wanted to do, that I thought I was going to do. I didn't realize I was getting that involved. And uh, had I just said, forget it, I'm not doing this work, uh, I would have lost all the money I spent on buying the place. I would have lost all the money uh, that I made from renting it for a couple years while I owned it. And had I not done the work, the, the more work that it was, then it wouldn't have been a productive situation. So are we willing to do the work for God that he has for us to do for serving him so that we can uh, make the service for the Lord productive? Uh, Timothy is willing to do the work even when the job, job seemed bigger than it was in the beginning. Uh, we see in verse 4 here uh, that we have a contrast between disputings or questions uh, and godly edifying. Now, there's the word here uh, in this verse that we see, uh, fables. And one of the roots of this Greek word was trans that it was translated from means mystery. Uh, and this word also implies tales or stories, and it also implies teaching and instructing. Uh, so there's kind of a lot wrapped up here in this one little word here. Uh, it seems that Timothy was being warned about people that focus their teaching on things such as mysteries, uh, things that you can't uh, come to a conclusion for. And even worse than that, sometimes people focus on tales or stories and things that are completely unprovable. Uh, we need to heed this warning still today as we teach in the church and as we instruct others through devotions or conversations that we have in our daily lives. We need to make sure that we're not focusing on uh you know, these type of things in the Bible, like the mysteries and, and 
you know, things like that. Uh, we need to avoid causing more questions. We should be teaching to where it gives more answers. Uh, look at verse 4 again. It says, Neither give heed to fables and endless genealogies which minister questions rather than godly edifying which is in faith so do. So it also tells us to avoid endless genealogies. Uh, this is because all these things just produce more questions. Uh, it doesn't produce understanding. It doesn't produce any solid doctrine. And it doesn't produce any practical use. Uh, teachings that produce more questions is the kind of teaching we should be avoiding. Uh, we have a contrast here in verse 4. We have a contrast between teachings that produce all these questions and teachings that produce godly edifying. Uh, when teaching or preaching the word of God, if done correctly, if God is in that work, then you will walk away feeling uh, edified. You will walk away feeling like you've gained something. You will walk away feeling like God clearly spoke to you and you have some kind of practical knowledge that you gained or, or, or were reminded of from the Bible uh, during that time of teaching and preaching. Uh, if you listen to teaching and preaching and you do not get those good godly results from it, uh, and all you do is walk away with more questions and no practical information, then this is the exact thing that Paul is writing and warning Timothy about here concerning this church in Ephesus. Uh, we can and should apply this a principle to our church still today. We should have teaching and preaching here in the church that leads to these godly results of edifying and growth. Uh, also, as Christians in our daily lives, we should be having conversations that produce go good godly results as well. Now, how do we do this? Uh, I think the answer is in the end of verse 4, faith. Uh, Timothy is instructed to charge these people not to teach false doctrines, not to waste times on things that stir up more questions than answers, and they are to focus on things that lead to godly edifying. Uh, this will be accomplished by focusing on faith. Uh, when we focus on faith, we will be focusing on Jesus, and we'll be focusing on all that Jesus did for us. We'll be focusing on God and all that God did for us, God's creation, God's forgiveness for man, how God created a way for us all to be redeemed, and we'll be focusing on God's Word. Uh, we would have enough material to study for the rest of our life if we just focused on faith. Uh, all these things will edify each other and will edify ourselves. In verse 3, we see a service needing done. In verse 4, we see the service broaden. And now in verse 5, we see how to do this service. In verse 5, Now the end of the commandment is charity out of a pure heart and a good conscience and of faith unfeigned. Uh, the first way to do this service is to do it with a pure heart. Uh, the Bible is talking about a clean heart here. Paul writes the word heart and when he, uh, pure for the heart here. And what he means is clean. Uh, we see here that we need to serve the Lord with a clean heart. Uh, we need to have clean thoughts and clean feelings, a cleaned mind. Uh, we must have a clean mind when serving the Lord. Uh, you could ask any athlete uh, what the key to having a successful game is, and they will tell you that practice is, is important and talent is important, uh, but having a clear and focused mind is key. You could be the tallest and the strongest and the fastest guy out there on the field or, or court or whatever sport you're playing there. And uh, if your mind is thinking about pizza the entire game, 
you're probably going to have a terrible game because your mind's not in it. Your mind's not clear. Uh, we must have a uh, clean mind when serving the Lord. We must clear out all the garbage, all the sin, all the distractions, all the things that are clouding up our mind, all the things that are overcrowding our mind. Uh, we must then fill our mind with the things of God, the things that we read in God's Word. Timothy is also told to have uh, pure or clean feelings, too. Uh, this, this idea of heart also talks about feelings. Uh, this means that he cannot have things like anger or jealousy, bitterness, envy. Uh, these things are contrary to what pleases God. If we desire to serve God, we must have clean and pure feelings and clean and pure thoughts while serving God. That's how we make our service productive. Uh, so we must first have a pure heart. Also, uh, second, we must have a good conscience. Uh, we're talking about an internal knowledge and judgment of right and wrong and desiring to do right. Now, this is pretty much gone in the world we live in today. Uh, unfortunately, Satan has, over time, trained the world to completely forget and throw out their good conscience. Uh, we know in the end it says right will be wrong and wrong will be right, and we, we know that that's basically where we're at. Uh, there's no good conscience out there anymore. Uh, but worse than the world being like that, sometimes even believers can lose their good conscience. I remember a day when believers would be uh, very hesitant or ashamed even to admit that they missed church because they went to a football game on Sunday. Uh, I remember really no one really used to do that when I was a kid. And now believers fill are, are filling up football stadiums on Sundays and everyone's saying, well, it's okay, it's just this once, it's just this week, it's uh, you know one Sunday out of the year. Or, you know, they got the tickets for free, they had to go, they had to do it. But, uh, you know, is that the right thing to do? Now, I could list all kinds of sins that uh, we have, you know, allowed into our lives and we just slowly start to become okay with it. But I don't think I need to list the sins. You know, ch- churches today are allowing things in their church that you would have never found 30 years ago in the church. Some churches, uh, if you went into their service, uh, you wouldn't even know that it was a church service. You, you would have a hard time finding Jesus in their service, even if you were looking for him. Uh, we cannot lose our good conscience. Uh, we must work out our good conscience to be pleasing to God. We must actively use our good conscience. We should be looking at ourselves and judging ourselves to make sure that we do right. Uh, the unit of measurement we should be using to determine if we're doing right or wrong, that is God's Word. It's that simple. Uh, this is why it's so important to be in God's Word. So we can know it and use it in our lives to make sure that we're still doing right and we're still heading down the right path of righteousness. Uh, we need to serve God with a pure heart. We need to serve God with a good conscience. And lastly, we need to serve with faith unfeigned. Now, unfeigned means to be real, true, and sincere. We need to serve God with faith that is so real and so true and so sincere that we could move mountains. Uh, even the tiniest amount of faith can do so much for God. Uh, It was faith that allowed Noah to build an ark and save mankind. It was faith that allowed David to defeat Goliath. Uh, It was faith that knocked down the walls of Jericho. It was faith that stopped the sun in the sky. It was faith that saved the thief on the cross. It's faith that saves us still today. Uh, It's faith that helps us to keep serving God and keep being obedient to Him. Uh, We need faith But not just faith. I think the word unfeigned is in there 
uh, on purpose. I don't think it was an accident. God wants to see that we don't just uh, need faith, but our faith needs to be real. It needs to be true. It needs to be sincere. Uh, we can't pretend to have faith. We can't have faith only when things are going well. We need to serve with real, true faith that does not waver. We see in verse 3 that there's a service needing done. In verse 4, we see a broader service needing done. And in verse 5, we see how to do this service. Uh, this was advice for Timothy as he leads the church in Ephesus. Uh, but for this advice that came from God still applies to us today. Uh, there is a service needing done today. Our church is specifically praying about having a youth leader uh, come and join us here and help us uh, in training up these young people, these teenagers, and and helping grow that ministry. And there's that's not the only thing we need. There's there's more service. Our service is broader than that. There's other things that need done. We could be doing so many other things if people were willing to step up and do these things. Uh, so this ad- advice to Timothy here, this letter to Timothy, can still apply to us even today. Now, you may have noticed that I left something out in verse 5. And if you look at verse 5 there, it says, Now, the end of the commandment is charity. I left that out. I wanted to just bring it up last here. Charity or love here. Uh, we need to have love in our service. Uh, not just a love to and for God, which is very good, very important, but also a love for each other and a love for the lost. Uh, if our love is driving our service, then all the other things will seem to fall into place too. We will be able to accomplish God's work in our lives if we serve in love. Now, how do you know if you're serving in love to God? How do you know if you're serving in love to God? Well, do you think about God while serving? Or are you thinking about other things? Are you thinking about, uh, you know, I hope somebody notices me cleaning this toilet. I really want someone to say thank you today. You know, is that, is that what we're thinking about? Or are we thinking about God and, and how thankful we are to be able to serve God and do something for him? Well, how do we know if we're serving in love to others? What do you, are you thinking about others while you're serving? Uh, we should be thinking about other people while serving. We, before we do anything, we should think how the other person feels and how they will receive the service. We think about what could help us be the most productive in our service uh, for God and for others. Uh, there is a service needing done still today. Uh, are we willing to do this service? Let's pray.